The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fifth chapter. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out to them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Our Gospel reading from Luke today takes us to Jesus calling Peter, James, and John to be disciples. And as Rachel mentioned, it may seem a little bit abrupt, and probably there were people who followed people who just dropped everything and followed him. But um, if we were to look more carefully at the call accounts from all the Gospels, what we might discover is that many of the disciples were already followers of Jesus while John the Baptist was still alive. And months later, after Jesus had performed many miracles and John the Baptist had been killed, their discipleship grew. And then some time after that, we hear Jesus' words today, from now on, you will be catching people, which invited them into full-time ministry. So, for the disciples, it was not so much a matter of Jesus telling people who barely knew him to give up their occupations and follow. Rather, he cultivated a relationship with them all along the way, and then finally called them into full-time ministry. They followed, and the Holy Spirit worked through them, and through generations of disciples that came after them, and here we are today. And we, too, are called. The specifics of our call will be suited to how God has wired us and the times in which we live. But at its most basic, we are all called in the same way, to love God and love one another. Bishop Michael Curry spoke so eloquently 
about this call to love God and love one another in his Faith and Life talk on Tuesday. Did you watch it? Yeah, a number of you did. Didn't he exude faith and grace and joy and love and hope, even as he named the brokenness of our world? If you haven't seen it, I certainly encourage you to do so. And in our time together this morning, what I would love to do is share some moments that I found especially moving from his talk. And I invite you to think about your call to love God and love one another. But first, a word about him. Bishop Curry is the presiding bishop and primate of the Episcopal Church. He presided over the funerals of George H. W. Bush and Colin Powell, and he preached at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. In short, he's a very big deal, and it was frankly a bit of a coup to have him at Faith and Life. And we look forward to May of 23, when he will be with us in person here in this room. He began with a quote from a 1957 sermon of Dr. King, who, in explaining his nonviolence philosophy, said, we must discover the power of love, the redemptive power of love. And when we discover that, we will be able to make of this old world a new world. Love is the only way. Curry said, Jesus discovered that love is the only way, and he told us. This love isn't about sentimental or personal attachment. Rather, it's the kind of love that is needed in all of our social, political, and economic relationships. We must discover the power of love that is at the core of life itself, because this love is the power, he said, to lift up and to liberate, to help and to heal when nothing else can and nothing else will. He described many of the ills we face in the world, from the pandemic to racism, to violence and poverty, climate change and the rise of, globally of hate groups, pausing every once in a while to say, I don't mean to depress you, I'm just painting the landscape. He said we need to rediscover the redemptive power of love in order to take this old world and make a new world. Love is the only way to do that, as Jesus taught us. In 2 Corinthians, St. Paul said, the love of Christ urges us on. For if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation and the old has passed away. God in Jesus is reconciling the world to himself and has given to us, to us, the ministry of reconciliation. And don't we need to be reconciled to one another across all of our differences? And although it, he said it doesn't sound very Episcopalian, he kept saying we need a revival, a revival of elemental human relationships. The reality is that we don't know each other very well across race, religious traditions, ethnic varieties, and economic differences. He referenced the Jim Crow laws of the South that segregated black from white and said that we have resegregated ourselves 
And I found this to be very chilling and very, very familiar. We have resegregated ourselves around like-mindedness. Does that sound familiar to you too? People who believe this way are over here. People who believe that way are over there. And they don't know each other very well. And they don't talk to each other very well. He believes this new segregation around like-mindedness will take our country down. He actually said that. He described it as distorting, violating, separating, and fragmenting human relationships, destroying the social contract. He urged that we must learn to cross the divides for the sake of human relationships and for the sake of the world God loves so much, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. So how can people of faith bridge relationships in our country? Bishop Curry talked about the beautiful, life-giving ideals that we already share as a nation, that we are all created equal and endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that we are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, for all. We have these ideals. He said reclaiming and remembering these highest and noblest aspirations can help us rise above our differences. He spoke about the clear message of Jesus that is at the center of his life and teachings. Love one another as I have loved you. The John 3.16 kind of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son who came to live among us and who gave up his life on the cross. That's what love looks like. This is not sweet and sentimental love. Rather, it is hard headed sacrifice that's willing to do what is necessary for the good and well-being of others as well as the self. That kind of love changes things. He reminded us of a time when a lawyer came to Jesus and said, great teacher, what is the greatest teaching in the law of Moses? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On this hang all the law and the prophets. And Curry asked, do we understand how stunning that is? Love of God and love of neighbor is everything God was trying to teach us from Moses through Jesus and through the entire Bible. He said, if it's not about love, it's not about God. First John chapter 4 says it clearly, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God, and those who love are born of God and know God. Those who do not love do not know God. Why do they not know God? Because God is love. As disciples called by Christ, we are called to love God and love one another. Curry spoke eloquently about the motto of our country, e pluribus unum, Latin words meaning from many, one. And he went on to say that it comes from the Roman writer Cicero, 
who in a letter to his son in 44 BCE said, When each person loves the other as much as himself, it makes one out of many. So did you know that our national motto itself points to the way of love as the way of life? He closed his formal remarks by saying this, we must discover the power of love, the redemptive power of love. And when we discover that, we will make of this old world a new world, for love is the only way. Jesus discovered that. May we discover it too. In the excellent question and answer session that concludes each faith and life lecture, several questions merged around the theme of, well, how do we do it? How do we go about loving each other in this way across all of our differences? In a future sermon, I might return to the full treatment his answers deserve, but in brief, he spoke about finding that common ground, deep listening to each other's personal stories that brought us to our differing conclusions, the importance of shining light into darkness by standing up for those who are afflicted, whoever they are, and engaging across differences by both standing with integrity and in humility, kneeling before the image of God in the other. I'll end today with his response to the final question, what role does the cross of Christ and the resurrection play in your view of faith? Curry's answer was so beautiful. He reflected on Archbishop Desmond Tutu of the Anglican Church in South Africa in the darkest, bleakest days of the anti-apartheid struggle. He said Tutu believed that one day his country would be free for all her children of all colors because God has a dream for South Africa and ultimately nothing can stop God's dream. And I think Curry's own deepest beliefs merged with Tutu as, with these words, he closed the evening. Ultimately, nothing can stop God's dream. And I say that because I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. The powers of this world, the empire called Rome, sought to end that dream. But on the third day, he rose again. I believe it, he said, I believe it. I believe that in the end, love is going to win. And the right is going to prevail, and tyranny and evil will have its day, but they will not have the sway. Because the God who made this world has not forgotten it, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. God help me, he said, I believe it. My friends, this same Jesus, raised from the dead, is the one who calls us into God's dream, who calls us into love. Let us discover the power of love and be filled with hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>